Hey everyone, Nick here. Instead of promoting our Patreon this episode, I wanted to take a second to spotlight a couple causes that could use your support instead. Firstly, the governor of Texas is criminalizing gender-affirming care, and in doing so, threatening the lives of trans kids and their families in the state. Check out the link in the show notes to donate, if you're able, to the Central Texas Transgender Health Coalition, which is raising funds to facilitate access to quality healthcare resources to the transgender and non-binary community, as well as to educate healthcare and social service professionals in Central Texas. Additionally, in light of the ongoing crisis in Ukraine, I've also included a link to a list of ways you can support the people of Ukraine. We encourage you to check that out and consider helping any one of those organizations providing aid. Thanks for bearing with me. Our platform might be small, but I wanted to take a second to use it to try to do some good. Now, on to the Dungeons and Dragons. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer. It would be helpful to have a guide. Thrinzar is very well acquainted with this area. His assessment of the path that we are currently on, we are going to have to go outside. It would be best to traverse it at night. You can see that into the base of this chamber, there's a bunch of stuff piled in here. Looks like things have been moved here. Oh, <laughs> dibs. I run over to the pile of stuff. You catch a chill and you look to your right to see a sleeping white dragon curled around the base of this tower. Oh. Oh, we may have fucked up. again (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right no banter (laughs) (laughs) no i got banter i want to form a curling team with fiona (laughs) what the what Uh, this is something we haven't covered before that's not what i was expecting i did have a vaguely sports themed dream about tanner last night so the universe is telling us that we need to do it so let's go Okay, well, Vaguely. I didn't, I, that's news to me. We'll, we'll cross that bridge in just a second. <laughs> I was eating dinner before we started recording and happened to put on Olympic curling and said, you know what? I remember like there was like a poll or something where we both voted on curling for the Olympics. And I mean, we're missing Beijing, but we can make it to Italy next like, <laughs> 2026. In four so. years. Yeah, I, I think we can figure out how to do curling in four years. So, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <laughs> I mean, I will say that curling is like the only Olympic sport I've ever seen where like every player looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
really kind of like about it. It's just like, man, these look like they're just like some people. I love that. That gives me something yeah. to like aspire to. <laughs> I was um slightly mad at the Canadian team, and this is in no way a slight towards these people, by the way, because I'm sure that they're great people. But first off, the one woman's name was Rachel Haman, H-O-M-A-N, which sounded like the name an alien gives to try to pretend to be a human. <laughs> sure. Off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other guy was like 6'2 and buff and wide, and I'm like, what are you doing for fucking curling, dude? <laughs> curling was this hobby that he did between his like other Olympic events, but then he just ended up being better at that than his other other stuff <laughs> right i want to say again i'm sure these people are lovely people and i don't mean to make fun of them it was just the first thing that came to my mind while i was watching and i loved it <laughs> yeah and uh now we're gonna be olympic medalists in four years just you wait <laughs> see we're gonna be their rivals and then rachel and john are gonna show up and be like i remember you talking about us on your podcast it's fucking yeah. on. let's that go they obviously <laughs> listen to uh, yeah. Well, Rachel and John right we're, now. Because we're famous athletes and Long-time years, friends so they're of the gonna... show. <laughs> they're, they are right now talking about hosting a D&D podcast. I think we just want, we want to do a life swap here is what you guys want. Oh, yeah. I see, I yeah. see. It's like a Freaky Friday type of thing. Not a bad idea, yeah. So it's like, there's a trade with Canada where they, like, they trade with Nick and, like, Nick gets two Olympic curlers and Canada gets Fiona and I. Yeah, two D&D <laughs> That's podcasters. That's a poor trade. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to do with two Olympic curlers? Ah, uh, <laughs> That's true. I want to play you, Dungeons Nick. and Dragons and binge watch The Legend of Vox Machina, so... Unless they're down to do that, then great. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're Olympians. They, 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 they're good at dedicating themselves to stuff. So I bet that we could teach them how to play D&D. <laughs> All right. You're going to dedicate yourself to my very specific hobbies. Go. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get a choice. No, clearly not. Like this, this whole trade agreement doesn't seem like it's voluntary. So. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like wife swap, but with podcasts and Olympians for some reason. <laughs> uh, so. Well, do we want to play Dungeons and Dragons or is this a curling podcast now? It's a curling podcast. Yeah, it's now. a curling podcast. podcast. Three. Episode one, <laughs> what is curling? <laughs> what is curling? <laughs> it's just we're all Googling. Merriam-Webster <laughs> defines curling as... <laughs> to be fair, there's plenty of ice where you guys are in the adventure right now. That's true. Our own little Winter Olympics. Sure. Yeah. We don't have anything yeah. better to do, do we? No. That's how I'm going to defeat no. the dragon. Curl one of those little rocks at his head. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, I just imagine Luckbeak and Merrick as a little curling team. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> we need that fan art if you're listening to this stat. All righty then. <laughs> so, last we left off, you guys found a conveniently located pile of interesting items that you investigated and claimed. And uh, not asking too many questions on why such a collection of items was conveniently located here, Marco happened to peek out of the crumbling base of this tower where you found such things out onto the frozen terrace outside the door and realized that there was a sleeping white dragon curled around this tower that was serving as his impromptu horde. So we pick up right there. Marco, you've just realized this dragon is here. You kind of watch as it breathes in and out slowly in its sleep. 
exhaling air out of its nostrils that's actually kicking up the dust of snow across this terrace, and you see a glossy sheen across the stone freezing over. And you quietly duck back into the chamber to alert your companions. Oh, we fucked up. Um, <laughs> I, I look over to Renzar and say, Renzar, what, what way do we have to go to, to, um, to, to get out of here? Um, well, we would be heading across the terrace into the structure on the other side. I, I knew that you were going to say that. Um, yeah, there's a, one of the dragons is sleeping out there. I think that we're currently looting its horde. Roxana is going to furrow her brow, and she's like, I wouldn't have thought any of the dragons here would have been large enough to start gathering a horde. Um, well, I didn't get the greatest look at it. It was more kind of the idea of, oh, look, a dragon. But I would say that it was certainly of enough size to maybe at least start to think about homeowning. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was kind of hard to gauge its exact size because, like, part of its body is, like, wrapped around the side of the tower. It doesn't look like it's the biggest one that you've seen flying around if it's any consolation. But even the other ones are still formidably large. Also, quickly, I want to thank Saker for laughing at my bad joke. <laughs> I like to. <laughs> thank you. Not bad to me. Homeowner jokes. <laughs> In this economy. <laughs> I'll, say to, uh, I'll say to Renzar then, is there any other way that we can go around out there? I mean, it's sleep. We could... Maybe sneak by it, but um, I'm not the best at sneaking, and I think some of us are not really that great either. Rinzar is gonna kind of furrow his brow, and he's like, "Well, the the only other, the only other fast way would have been below this terrace, but a recent ice slide has blocked that route. We would have to double back a considerable degree, and it would probably add several hours, if not a full day, to the travel." We'd have to zigzag our way through lots of other structures, many of which that haven't been scouted by our group in a while. Um, yeah, I look to the others and say, well, do we want to chance it? I mean, uh, I, I don't know. You're the you're the academic here. How 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 well do dragons sleep? I mean, are we are we likely to wake it up? May I make a nature or arcana check on the sleep cycle of a dragon? <laughs> yeah, you can make a nature check. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, 23. So you know that as dragons grow older, their senses become more keen and almost supernatural to the point where, like, dragons can even, like, see and sense things that are, like, invisible around them. You're not sure how that affects their ability to sense things when they're unconscious, however. And also, uh, you're not entirely sure this one is anywhere close to being old enough to start gaining those abilities. Well, if I were to venture a guess just from the glance that I got it, it's probably a younger adult, maybe an adolescent. So we have a decent chance of getting by it, and... If we end up in a fight, as long as it remains the only creature that we are combating with, we do stand a decent chance of walking away with no casualties. Brohane is going to say, if we get into combat with one of those things, I think it's only a matter of time before it alerts some of the others. We've seen several fly around this place. Renzar, what's the other side of this look like? Would we be able to get into the building and reasonably make it through without the dragon following us, due to its size. Rinzar will nod and say, 
yes, the passages on the other side are similar to the ones we've been traveling before. The dragon might be able to squeeze through, but uh, with its wings, wouldn't be able to move very quickly. Um, it would likely not even try. And I know white dragons are not exactly known for their intelligence, but I do not think that it would... At least my prediction would be that it would not give chase through a very tight and narrow area where it doesn't have an advantage in combat. It can't fly. You get trapped. So if we can make it across, even if we wake it, we do stand a decent chance. That said, we're not dealing with absolute assurances that nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah, Rinzar will nod. I mean, it seems like, it seems like we'd be all right. Just, I, I mean, an extra day here. It seems like a better option just to test our luck here. Marco nods as well and says, I think, considering the circumstances, it's probably the best route. With that said, should we go as a collective unit, or should we send maybe our more stealthful scouts first to try to make sure that whatever's on the other side is safe? Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, I don't know who's the stealthiest out of all of us, though. I looked immediately to Ezerath and Renzar. <laughs> Ezerath will nod and it's like, I can be stealthy when I want to be. Plan is uh, send the NPCs first. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, unfortunately, <laughs> we weren't exactly a stealth crew. I guess maybe Flapwing, but Flapwing's more of a talker than a stealther. Yeah, my stealth is one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Hey, my I'm better than you. I have two. Yeah. What do you know? <laughs> I have three. Wow. Wow. Marco, you have a two because, like, Marco weighs nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He's all hair. <laughs> Ravnus, Merrick is standing next to you, and he's holding the, the shield that he picked up. And he goes, um, actually, Ravnus, would you rather have this? Because uh, I've only been standing here for, like, five minutes, and my arm's already starting to hurt. All right. And uh, she'll take the shield from him and uh, get it situated on her arm. Yeah, he hands it up to you and like pauses for a second as if like he's debating on whether or not he actually wants to hang on to it anyway. And then he sighs and hands it over. He's like, no, nah, I wouldn't. I, my, I have short arms. <laughs> that shield's the size of me. So yeah. I think I would still look to Rinzar and Azeroth and be like, would you all mind going first to make sure that it's safe on the other side? You have the better chance of getting past them. Ezerath throws her brow and then glances at Rinzar a little bit, like, mistrustingly, if we think that's what's best. Thank you. Rinzar will, will nod as well without saying anything. I think I will... I'll stand by at the door just, like, if they do get spotted by the dragon, I'll, like, have a fireball prepped and ready to go to distract it. Okay. So they start heading out. They kind of separate a little bit so they're not traveling in the exact same path across and Rinzar moves a little bit quicker but you can see that as Ezerath steps out her foot slips as if she wasn't expecting the surface to be as slippery as it was and she kind of catches herself and glances over at the dragon but luckily the slip didn't cause that much noise and she kind of recomposes herself and then slowly starts moving uh, much slower than it looks like she's comfortable with it being slippery it seems as if they have to take their time moving across it being difficult terrain and i'll roll stealth checks um yeah 
they slowly inch their way across. And as they get, like, halfway, the dragon kind of, like, lets out another, like, deep exhale as, like, part of its normal, like, sleeping breathing. And you kind of see them kind of cringe against the gust of cold frost starting to form on the dragon's side of their clothes. And they pause for a second and then continue on. And then they do eventually make it to the other side. Hey, Nick. Um, yes. How far is this path from one side to the other in terms of feet? Um, it looks to be about 90 feet. 90 feet. Okay, good to know. So I'm going to say to the others, I do know the spell invisibility, which could shield us if it does not have uh, true sight. So we can probably, uh, cast, I could probably get some of the more, uh, less stealthy among us to go. Mm -hmm. How does that sound to everybody? It sounds good as long as everything's okay on the other side. How many do we have here still? As we're waiting for, like, the signal for, um, from You have you three, Roxana, Scriv, Merrick. Brohane, who is on ERA. I think that's everybody. Merrick. I'm going to assume ERA would be a additional. Mm -hmm. She does count as a creature. I'll go ahead and gather them together. I'm going to cast a... I'll cast my fourth level spell. Um, slot for invisibility. Mm -hmm. Which should be able to get me three targets. And I'll do Brohane era and um scriv um you go to cast on brohane and era and brohane's actually gonna say actually uh if this makes it easier i should be able to ride on era and she can cling to the side of the terrace so i can potentially just scurry off the side and cross unseen that way okay then i can get uh roxana scriv and merrick um well, first, I am looking to see if I get any signal back from Ezerath and Renzar that it's safe. Yeah, you're looking across. They do cross, and they, they go into the archway of the structure on the other side, which looks like it's a, a wide, flat building that is the base of another higher terrace. And once they get over there, you see Ezerath kind of give you a wave. Okay. Then, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do the rest of our NPCs while Ira stealths Brohane sideways. Mm -hmm. So you're you're not casting it on any of uh, yourself, Ravnus, or Luckbeak. Um, well, the answer is no because I figure that if something does happen, it'd be more fun if it's the three of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the opposite of plot armor? That's what we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, can Brohane take another? Brohane will say, "I could probably take Merrick, but if we're going to be hanging on the side of the terrace or potentially upside down, I only have the harness for myself." But if Merrick wants to ride in the trunk, and Merrick goes, <laughs> I don't know about that. I am going to say, what about <sighs> Flapwing? What about me? Could you get into the trunk of Ira to get safely across? You want to climb into Ira's ass? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I don't mind. It's probably safer in there than walking. Okay. Her legs cling to stuff. There's another like soft roar from outside as the dragon exhales another breath, and now Merrick looks indecisive. <laughs> um, which that would just leave Ravnus and I. Well, M Merrick and Flapwing both can't go. 
Well, yeah, the uh, the idea would be is that whoever gets into Era would take that spot and the other person would get invisible casted. Oh, right, right, right. Um, but then I'm going to, I actually probably follow through with that and say, there's one more thing that I could do, but it would become much more risky, at least for me. I could, I have a very powerful spell slot available to me. I could invisible to get all of you across, but that would burn up my ability to use far step to get across, so I'd have to stealth myself. Or one of us still goes over, because I don't think I can cover everybody. It's either me or somebody else that has to try to stealth across. I can I can do it, Marco. Just worry about yourself. All right. Merrick is actually going to say after thinking about it, and he's like, actually, if the alternative is having to cross even invisible, I'm not... I've been told I have flat feet, <laughs> and I... I'm a loud stepper, so maybe climbing into the spider ass might be better for me. <laughs> Who's getting in the ass? <laughs> fine with me. All right, so yeah, are you okay with that, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Go for it. Merrick in the ass. I I never <laughs> thought like there would be debate on which one of us was going to climb into an ass, but I guess here we are. Yeah, that's true. I mean, outside of that one wild night. Oh, never mind. We that was yeah. I mean, that's the night I realized I'm not really much of an ass guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Flap wing, <laughs> come here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I will cast invisibility on Roxana, Scriv, and Flapwing, which would leave Ravnus and myself. So I was thinking that we would wait to make sure they got across, and then we would try for it. I think that that makes sense. Okay. Um, Nicholas, question: How long has it taken people to get across? Um, a couple minutes. Okay. Could Ravnus have started changing into the lighter armor while yeah. this is going on? Yeah. Okay. So maybe like by the time it's their turn to go, she can like have it on, so I don't have disadvantage yeah, if, on spell. If, if, if especially like Ravnus and uh, Marco are going last. Yeah then you would definitely be able to take the 10 minutes it takes to doff your armor and put on your new fancy armor. Okay. Um, she does that then. Starts getting changed. Yep. Another reason, um, too, to wait is I have to keep concentration for invisibility, so... Yeah. Yeah. It, it almost seems fitting that the, the armor, the breastplate that you're putting on, has um, a stylized dragon on the chest. Hmm... This dragon's gonna be mad. I'm wearing its stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Merrick kind of rather clumsily hops up into Ira and wedges himself amongst the other supplies that are stuffed back there. Um, and Brohane will actually not even risking going out the door with Ira take Ira up the wall and climb over the top of the, the wall of the crumbling tower down the other side and you kind of hear just muffled <laughs> I'm starting to regret my decision <laughs> as Brohane and Ira dip out of sight <laughs> I'll cast invisibility on Roxana, Scriv and Flapwing mm -hmm. um, Roxana <laughs> will say we should, we should stay connected to each other so we don't get split up while we can't see each other hmm Good call. She'll pull out a rope. Okay, I'll tie that to me. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, Roxana, Luckbeak, and Scriv, was that it? 
of the three invisible people? Yeah, I, I would uh, have to go up another step higher if I got another one. So got it. Um, what what order are you guys daisy chaining yourself off in? Um, let's see. I mean, Roxana kind of assumes she's gonna go first. Yeah. Okay. She'll be the anchor because she's like twice as big as it literally everyone else here. <laughs> I'll go next since I have a very low chance of uh, slipping on ice being a doar. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Scribble will pull up the rear. Okay. Roxana doesn't even really ask if you and Scriv are ready, and she just starts going. You can't see her in front of you, so you just kind of yoink as she starts walking. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, okay. I follow. And the, the ground is icy. And it's a little bit unnerving, Luckbeak, uh, while, like, you are naturally predisposed to, like, walking on icy surfaces over, you know, a millennia of Doar evolution. However, um, not being in control of your forward momentum because you're being kind of, like, pulled along by someone who is nearly three times as tall as you. Right. Um, it's, you're almost skiing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And I do need you to make a dexterity save, though. Okay. I got an 11. 11 is enough. Oof, okay. You managed to stay on your feet. Roxana is doing okay, but she does have to slow down a little bit after she, like, gets several feet out to adjust for the icy surface. Scriv seems like he's struggling a little bit as well, but does still manage to stay on his feet. So you guys get 30 feet out a third of the way. Now, this is kind of unnerving for Marco and Ravnus because your friends vanished. Mm-hmm. And now you're just waiting. <laughs> yeah. You cannot yep. see the progress that they're making. Um, if you look really, really, really hard, you can occasionally, like, kind of see where the little bit of dust and snow uh, in the air is kind of swirling around them like you can catch kind of weird swirls and eddies in the air that uh, are being formed by seemingly nothing for anyone who understands fluid dynamics <laughs> Marco is explaining this to Ravnus who just wants him to shut up yeah Ravnus <laughs> is just trying to get dressed uh, <laughs> I had a semester of engineering <laughs> Yeah, so Ravnus, you, you finish putting on your plus one breastplate. And as you guys are watching, you do see uh, Brohane emerge up the other side, crawling up the side of the terrace and working his way along the wall to get to the opening where Rinzar and Ezerath are at. Mm -hmm. Our invisible trio, uh, you guys uh, get a little bit further and suddenly you're hit by a... <sighs> Gusts of frigid air. Um, Luckbeak, I need you to make a constitution saving. Oh, no, I'm very cold. Is this, uh, I mean, because I've resist cold. No. Yeah, so um, the save is normal, but uh, the damage you would take. Would I see, I see. I got an 18. 18? Um, you do succeed, so that means you'll take half damage. Okay. And then that'll be halved again because of your resist. Okay. So uh, you take five points of full damage. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that would have been 20 to the rest of them had they... Jesus. There was some rounding that had oh, to happen, okay. but yeah. Wowzers. Wild, right? Yeah, for real. Uh, do they make any noises? Like, are they, like... I, I'm listening to see if they're grunting uh, or groaning or... Yeah, I mean, Roxana makes, like, the same sound you made when the it first hit. Like, right. just, like, a bracing. Um, uh, but she doesn't seem slowed. Uh, Scriv definitely uh, seems like he's 
kind of dragging behind a little bit more like he's struggling to keep up. He's almost now sliding um, as well, which is a little unnerving because his metal feet on the ice sure. are making a little bit of noise. Mm. Okay. And uh, you kind of like hold your breath for a moment as you hear the dragon shift slightly. Okay. I, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just focused on what's ahead of me. Oh, wait. All casts uh, pass without trace on all of us. No, I'm joking. I don't fucking have that. I wish you I don't did. Ha- I, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I was ready to believe you. I would have done that. <laughs> With such uh, conviction, right? Half an hour ago, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Marco and Ravnus, uh now you can hear, like, the scraping sound, uh, like metal on icy stone. Uh, at this point, um, it's not loud, especially over like the the sound of the the wind, but it is louder than you're comfortable with, and you do see the dragon kind of like stir a little. Hmm. I think I'm trying to remain ice cold here. Like, let's not jump to conclusions here. As like we're watching these three try their best to make it over, or at least try their best to see them make it watching, over. Watching, quote unquote. Yeah, watching, quote unquote. <laughs> For the sign that says that they're over. I'm going to take the moment to ask Ravnus something. Okay. So this person that you were worried about, was that that someone special in your life? You mean Yastrara? Yes, Yastrara the... uh, The Remorseless. Yes, that's it. Restrara the Remorseless. Were you all acquainted in the past? Is, Is that what's happening that I'm missing? She was my old captain. Ah, I thought that you were like former lovers or something. No. (laughs) (laughs) Understood. Marco Um, found my fanfic. (laughs) For what it's worth, I'm sorry I'd um, put you in an awkward situation. It's it's all right. I I think it's good that you want to help people. You shouldn't let me stop you from doing that. I'll remember that. (laughs) The telltale thing <laughs> in the top corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> please go say. Well, regardless, um, I I value your opinions and and friendship. So I'm sorry that I uh upset you unintentionally, but you know, it's it's all right. I know you've been in a strange mood lately. I guess. Yeah. Um. So a if this to... makes you feel better, you should do it. A lot to process. Maybe I'll talk about it whenever we're not staring at a dragon. All right. And yeah, continue staring forward. Continue staring at the dragon. Mm. <laughs> I you know, the, dra- need... the dragon is quite pretty, isn't it? I don't think so. I think it just sort of looks like a dragon. I mean, it's a magnificent creature. Look at it. I mean... That wingspan, I mean, dragons have quite a long, extensive history. <laughs> um, Ravnus is going to sort of look at it for a second and then um, look away, and she says, let's just worry about getting across. Okay, I'll... gotcha. I'll make notes in my le- my my ledger later. It'll be, you know, my, my thoughts on dragons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I need... Luckbeak and Co. to make another dexterity saving. Okay. As you continue to inch your way across. That's an eight. Oh no. Not great. Yeah. 
So uh, as you're kind of bracing yourself against the cold, you you resist it, but it's still cold, mm-hmm. uh, bristling your feathers. And as you weather that and kind of prepare to take another step, Roxana steps before you're ready. Oh, and you slip and fall. And uh, Scriv, being yanked down from your rope, falls as well, partially on top of you, but with a loud clang. Oh, okay. Um, and Scriv says, "Sorry, shh. I mean, I, I, I'm making the like, putting the finger up to the lips face at him, even though he cannot see me. Right. <laughs> and you're not even facing him at all. Right. Right. He'll know it. <laughs> so yeah, you guys like almost all stop. Oh, Jesus. And glance at the dragon. And Marco and Ravnus, you're standing there, and you just suddenly hear like a scuffle, scraping, and clang. Ooh." Yeah, Ravenous will sort of, like, look and, like, one hand on her sword, like, watch what happens, looking at the dragon and the group. You glance over at the dragon, and you see a piercing blue eye staring no, at you. No, Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's too scary. <laughs> <laughs> and its head begins to lift. <laughs> uh, one strike and you're out with Nick. <laughs> I had an admirable stall. Mm-hmm. Uh, sacred. Yeah. Because you're trying to call me out on shit. Uh-huh. It's actually because Scriv rolled a natural one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Okay. Mm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Nick, sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) so the dragon begins to raise its head and sees you and its eyes are wide and then it kind of glances back like over the wall of the ruins and it lets out a roar and it goes you dare steal from the horde of sleet fang and I need everybody to roll for initiative. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Marco looks like, I'm assuming you're Sleep Fang. <laughs> no, he's my father, the bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Freezing Rain. <laughs> Tooth. Uh, Alrighty. Anybody get higher than a 20? <laughs> Lol. Uh, 15 to 20. Oh no. Oh, no. We're going to have another long Nick talks to himself moment. <laughs> oh boy. That's hilarious. <laughs> Merrick rolled incredibly high. Merrick is stuck in a trunk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor guy. I have guys, initiative. Guys. <laughs> uh, 10 to 15. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, honey. Uh, all right. <laughs> Five to ten. Yeah. Nine. 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 Seven. Ah. Wow. <laughs> Sorry I had to ruin it with my seven. That would have been we so, so cool. So, Ravnus and Luckbeak both got nine. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Should we go after everyone else? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Let me make sure I actually got everybody here. Too many NPCs. Who did this? Um, 
Well, guys, right. you didn't say the dragon. We can just move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The dragon went on to the initiative tracker first. <laughs> ah. All right. Uh, Merrick actually got the highest initiative, but uh, he is currently in the back of Era. And while I think all of you guys are too far to hear, the camera pans over, and as everyone's reacting, and there's the dragon roar, and you just hear muffled. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> Protect him, ear. Run away with him. <laughs> all right, he's playing Merrick when we all die. <laughs> all three all of right. us. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like oh, Bluebeard's boy. Bride, but with Merrick, we all play the same character. <laughs> Himbo the game. <laughs> Amazing RPG idea. <laughs> Plot twist, it's a dating sim. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I got a new Fables Around the Table idea. I forget what it's yeah. called. Isn't there an RPG that's like Bluebeards, but it's like you all like play different personalities in a hobo's head or oh, something like, like that? Oh, it's like John, something with John in it. Oh. Yeah. Is it Everybody is Everybody John? Everybody is John. Yeah. Everybody is Merrick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I so. know our next one-shot idea. Oh, <laughs> So, uh, it's the dragon's turn. Now, the dragon awoke to the sound coming from somewhere he, he can't see. Um, however, he did turn and see uh, Marco and Ravness. Oh. So, he's actually going to stand and spread his wings, flapping his wings, kicking up a bunch of snow and ice, and then take to the air and is going to... Actually, I gotta check a thing. Okay. Um, so, fun fact, the breeze of cold air that was happening on occasion was actually the dragon's breath weapon he was doing in his sleep but it was oh. much yeah but it wasn't nearly as powerful because he wasn't actually like doing it it was like his subconscious thing but that actually means at the start of this combat his breath weapon is not recharged that's lucky um but i will be rolling each round to check um <laughs> so the dragon awakens and turns to see you two and actually sees Ravnus, the armor that you're wearing, and is going to swoop down and attack the both of you. First attack uh, is a bite against Ravnus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is only gonna be a, a nine to hit. Nope. Gonna make a claw attack against Ravnus because he missed on the bite. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a 13? Nope. I'm searching deep. <laughs> oh, whenever you go over to Marco, that's when you switch. <laughs> well, no, since he mi- he's attacking Ravnus, and since uh, he hasn't hit Ravnus at all, he's continuing to attack Ravnus. Holy shit! That's another 14. Nope. That was at least better. Yeah. So this dragon, groggy and not quite awake yet, uh, swoops down on you two and just unloads on Ravnus and <laughs> just whiffs. <laughs> this dragon's still bleary-eyed. Um, uh, Ravnus... it's, the, it's the guy that was just awoken meme. <laughs> yeah. Ra- Ravnus is going to try to um, use a free action here as she's like has her shield up and is sort of like fending off these like groggy attacks. She mouths uh, go to Marco. Okay. Okay. Because Marco has a has a spell. I do. I will wait for my turn to cast it. Fireball. Need a no, breath. that's not the one. <laughs> the one that gets you across. <laughs> Fireball. Yeah, after a, after a fashion. 
It's this thing called thrust. <laughs> Fireball, the rocket jump of D. <laughs> Hey everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and probably not an alien. Probably. Thanks for listening to the sixth episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfair. To echo what I said at the top of the show, take a look down in the show notes and consider donating to the Central Texas Transgender Health Coalition or any of the organizations providing aid to Ukraine. These are both ongoing issues that are both super important, so supporting one or both of them would be doing a lot of good to a lot of people. The newest edition of the Derailed Podcast family, Cape Chronicles, a Masks a New Generation podcast, premieres tomorrow. The story takes place in the same world established by Fables Around the Table Super, set in the present day 15 years after those events, with a whole new team of young heroes. Cliff B., who played Squeddy the Turtle on our Con on the Cob live show, will be jamming, joined by a cast of players who might sound familiar. Chelsea Rexinger, who has been on many a Fable season, plays Royale. Our very own Ravnus, Fiona L.F. Kelly, is Falcon Girl. Roger Page, a.k.a. the Twitch streamer Mr. Roger, who played Roxlam the Elf in a past interlude, plays Remix. And myself, Nick Yurisiva, as the Dinosaur Man Quasi-Raptor. I am super excited for everyone to finally get to hear it. Again, check out issue one that lands tomorrow wherever you get podcasts. Come hang out with us on the Project Derailed Community Discord. We are always over there sharing memes, swapping Wordle results, discussing pop culture, and more. Head to projectderailed.com discord to join in on the fun. Theme song by Tom Goldthwait with additional music by purple-planet.com. And the song I sample later this episode is by Saker and Cliff's nerdcore band 2D6. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will land on Tuesday, March 15th, 2022. See you then. All right. Uh, so that was the dragon's turn. It's Roxana's turn. And you just hear uh, Luckbeak standing right there. You just hear Roxana just curse. She just says, shit. And uh, you actually feel the rope against you uh, go slack. Ooh. And you catch a breeze as Roxana is now running as quickly as she can on the ice back the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Still invisible. Um, okay. I'll wait till my turn, I guess. And uh, it's difficult terrain, um, so she doesn't get all the way back yet. Um, Scriv is going to shakily stand. You can kind of feel him. Uh, stand back up next to you um, and you feel him reach out and touch you, Luckbeak, and he's going to cast Heroism on you. Oh! And what does that do? Until the spell ends, the creature is immune to being frightened and gains temporary hit points equal to your spellcasting ability modifier, which for Scriv is uh, four. Okay. So you gain four temporary hit points. Wow. Yep, and he's going to say um, I don't know what to say here. Don't die. <laughs> Thanks, you too. <laughs> and you see, you feel yourself magically invigorated. Okay. Oh boy, all that. He may not have intended it as a poem, but it has struck <laughs> your soul as if it was one. <laughs> all that heroism is going to really come in handy when I run away and hide on the other side run of this away. bridge. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that will be Scriv's turn. Rinzar is all the way across the other side. Uh, he's going to maybe start moving back out to see if there's anything he can do. Ezeraf is next after him and is going to cautiously do the same. Ravnus and Luckbeak, whoever would like to go first. Uh, Luckbeak, you are still invisible, but now invigorated with heroism. Um, and Ravnus, you have a friend. <laughs> a big, angry, white friend. <laughs> do you want to go first, Fiona? Yeah, I can go first. <laughs> 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 All right. She is going to hit it with her long sword. Okay. That's pretty good. 17 plus... Uh, that is a 26 to hit. That does hit. No, I didn't even get the hit dice out. I don't know why I thought we were not going to have a combat, apparently, as there was a giant fucking dragon at the end of the last We left episode. off right next to a giant fucking dragon. So yeah, I, I don't know. I tried to get us out of combat. I mean, I actually had a pretty decent <laughs> idea. Yeah, you did. Uh, so it is 5 plus 7 is 12. Um... And then I think I get another attack. Natural 20. Woo! Damn. I celebrated more than Fiona. Nice. (laughs) Um, All right. So now I have to think of, okay, so you roll twice? Yeah. Or, okay. Uh, Yeah, so, um, yeah, you roll roll twice, modifier once. Yes. Six. 10 and 7. So 6, 10, and 7 is 13 plus 10 is 23 damage for the second one. Okay. Yeah, you strike your longsword across it, cutting a deep gash in its wing, and thick red viscous drops of blood spatter across the frosty ground, and it lets out a painful roar. So now it's like, yeah, I'm going to, um, how much, uh, do we have left on this bridge? till we get to the other side? You're about halfway. So you have like 45 feet still. Okay. Um, and it is all rough terrain cause it's slippery. Okay. Or does that have my movement? Yes. Boy, oh boy. So you can, uh, if you move to rough your full movement, you would have to make uh, a check to avoid slipping again. Right. Oh, fuck. He can't see me. So there's no reason not to. Uh, I guess I'm just going to like move to the edge of the bridge, like one of the sides. Okay. And then kind of like, is is there is this like an open-sided bridge or are there walls, you know what I mean, or like railings? So it's not a bridge, um, although you've been making a linear path across oh, it. Yeah. Uh, it's actually like a large like terrace, but the edges does look like there was stone railings at one point, but they're not all present here currently after the age of time. Okay. There's like maybe some still like standing in like five or ten feet increments. So yeah, I'm, I'm just getting as close as I can to one so that if something tries to bite me, it's going to have, you know, to bite through stone as well, basically. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and then I'm going to just kind of hunker against it and shoot the dragon. Okay. Um, you're moving your normal movement? Yes. All right, go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Yeah. Uh, that would be a natural 20. Nice. Nice. You're... Uh, this is this is easy peasy. This this reminds you of home. All right. <laughs> Not that you've ever been to the Doar homeworld, right? <laughs> uh, which has been lost to time. But like your your natural instincts kick in. Sure. Um, 
And in fact, uh, you kind of like dive and slide on your belly to your location and then just naturally nice. pop up onto your feet. Super Mario 64, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't even think about it. It was just like your doar instinct just took over for a second. Love that. Uh, <laughs> Okay, and then I go ahead and shoot it. Yeah. And that would be a nine. Oh. Yeah, you miss. Uh, all right. You fire your pistol, and it hits one of the heavier armored scales and just kind of ricochets off. Okay. Uh, it is Brohane and Ira's turn, and Brohane will uh, reach down and pull the trunk lever. <laughs> And pops the chunk of Ira, and Merrick comes tumbling out, uh, ass over tea kettle with like a bag of supplies and like a bedroll and like a few other things. And he kind of stands up holding his club and his normal wooden shield that he picked back up and sees the dragon. Oh, shit. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> and he will start trying to run back out and has to make a check uh, and immediately slips. So he starts running out, and Luckbeak, you look over in time to see him run and slip and land on his face and slide five feet. Oh, no. And start to slowly get back up and shake his head. <laughs> okay. And he gets as far as he can get. Honestly, him sliding might have taken him a little bit further anyway. <laughs> Just not very graceful. <laughs> oh, honey. So that was Merrick's held action, basically. Brohane is going to pull on the levers of Ira to point her in the direction of the dragon, and Ira will make a great leap to get most of the way across, <laughs> uh, landing hard maybe about 10 feet away from the dragon. He's going to reach into his alchemist satchel and pull out an orange vial and hurl it at the dragon. Uh, dragon has to make a save. The dragon fails. The small glass vial, like you see this happen and you're like, what's that going to do? And the small glass vial hits the dragon in the face and breaks. And like you see like orange, like goo kind of splat on the dragon's face and the dragon shakes its head like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then suddenly the goo instantly ignites into an explosion, <laughs> knocking the dragon's head back and it shakes its head. And uh, oh, Rohan rolled really cool. Brohane did 15 fire damage to it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so then it is Marco's turn. Okay. Um, looking around, I will say to Ravnus, are you sure? Yes. Do you remember where we're going? Yes. Marco is going to drop invisibility, so anyone who is invisible can now be visible, and Marco suddenly just goes, poof! And then shows up 60 feet on front of, like, the people on the bridge. Probably near where, like, Luckbeak is. Yeah. You're two-thirds of the way across. And yeah, I far-step over. Um, cast far-step and just boop, boop. <laughs> Was there a reason you had to drop invisibility to do that? Um, Far-step wouldn't be concentration, I don't think. That says right here, concentration. Up oh. to Yeah, up to one minute because I can bonus action up to one minute. Just keep doing oh. it. Oh, to keep doing it. Okay, 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 okay. That's a cool spell. Yeah, it's a really cool spell, but unlike Misty Step, where you just sort of yeet 30 feet, it's 60 feet, and then I can do it again like a really demented uh, magical grasshopper. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Pulling a Nightcrawler, just bam, fall over the place. Yeah, I'll cast um, Look Around, 
cast look around. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like, isn't that a 2D6 song? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Look around. It's all about perception. Look around. I'm the master of detection. Um, <laughs> yeah, cast far step, bounce over about 60 feet, look around. Look around. Um, is, is there anything that says I can't just go ahead and use my bonus action just to bounce already to the next step? I, I don't see why not. Then, yeah, I'll just far step, 60 feet, look around. Look around. Cool. Do it again. Yeah. So I am now safely across. That's why I was like, don't worry, I got a backup plan. So, yeah, that's my turn. I say hi to Ezerath and uh, Renzar. Well, you're actually now, like, past them because they both started heading back to help with the dragon. Hmm. So, yeah, I think I'll do that twice, then look back and be like, okay, we're going to get across, look over. Oh, fuck. So next round, I guess I'll start going back. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Merrick, after shakily back onto his feet, is going to run another 30 feet. And uh, he's holding his club in one hand and his shield in the other, but the dragon is now up and, like, hovering over Ravnus just within her reach still. And Merrick, who's struggling to move anyway, is going to be like, shit, and puts his club on his back and pulls out a hand axe and hurls it at the dragon. Um, (laughs) Poor Merrick. The axe actually sails over the dragon. Too much of it. Wow. Impressively. (laughs) So he throws it. He's, like, aiming for its head. And the dragon moves its head just to, like, one side, and the axe spinning end over end travels past the dragon's head, kind of between it and one of its wings, just completely missing. Oh, come on! (laughs) (laughs) It's the dragon's turn. The dragon is still fixated on Ravnus because it whiffed every other time, and she's also wearing part of his horde. Mm -hmm. So... First attack is a bite. Um, that is going to hit with an unnatural 20. Dirty 20. Uh, yeah, that hits. Um, you take 15 piercing damage plus 4 cold damage. Ow! Then he's going to So you. Wait, so 15 plus 4? Yeah, so a total of 19. Okay. But 4 of it is cold damage if there was anything related to cold damage, which I don't think there uh, is. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. But, like, if it were Luckbeak, for example, it'd be different. All right. Claw attack. Uh, that's going to be a 15 to hit. No, that does not hit. And then second claw attack is even worse. Oop. Uh-huh. Get fucked. Yeah. So it, it, it tromps down on you, and you kind of wither it. It lets go and winds up a claw attack, and you kind of roll out of the way one side and then kind of leap out of the way as the other, as it says, snarling at you. Insufferable insects. Okay. Uh, it is now Roxana's turn. She runs and actually skids to a stop, sliding the last of the way up past Merrick. Uh, coming within range of the dragon with her fuck-off axe. And first one is uh, going to miss with an 11. Second attack is also going to miss. So yeah, uh, the dragon kind of like looking at her as she's approaching with her axe out. Uh, Having appeared out of nowhere, like mid-stride, it kind of flaps its wings and like kind of backs up just out of the way that her axe wings fall short. Okay. Uh, Scriv is going to turn to the dragon and say, My ancestors on Eberron were said to have worshipped dragons, but seeing you, I don't understand why. Ah. 
and cast Vicious Mockery. Ooh. Damn. <laughs> Fucking roasted. <laughs> Welcome to the Comedy Central roast of Sleep Pang. <laughs> <laughs> the wisdom saving throw fails. So, okay, so he only takes one point of psychic damage, but he does have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes. Rinzar is going to uh, run a little bit and actually uh, make a huge leap. Ravnus, you kind of see out of the corner of your eye. This Gezerai uh, runs and leaps with both feet, lands with a plant, and with both hands gestures downward, and there's a burst of purple psionic power that launches him incredibly far. Jedi force jump, basically, which is an ability you can also do. And he'll land uh, within combat range of this dragon as well. And he is going to punch. First attack is going to miss. Second attack is going to hit. 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, and you see, like Ezra's punch, uh, like psionic energy wreathing his fist in purple light, um, similar to, to Ezerath and similar to what you do with your sword, Ravnus these people ruining my plans by coming to help me. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I was willing to listen to you. Everyone else was like, oh, no, let's fucking go. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> they, they were looking forward to this day. Ravnus is going to be a fucking badass, kill a dragon by herself. Now she gets all this help. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, it's Ezra's turn. Ezerath is also going to use her psionics to help her get, get here. Although you see her boost herself forward with an extra boost of speed. And she's actually going to slide uh, kind of beneath the dragon and punch upward. Punch him in the balls. Ezerath got a natural 20. <laughs> yeah. The gift just fucking laying uh, out this dragon. So Ezerath deals 28 damage. Ooh. <laughs> Spicy. Yeah, she she psionic punches the dragon in the balls. <laughs> nice. Uh, Ravnus and Luckbeak. Should I go first again? Um. Yeah, we can. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, Ravnus is going to. She's going to try to distract the dragon from the others a little bit by using her um her psionic talent to like send the purple flames up across her sword um, just trying to keep the attention on her a little bit instead of her uh, her buddies and uh, she's going to try to beat its ass okay oh, that was so close to being a 20 um, 23 that'll hit so 14 and then 5 psionic okay do you just have the one attack this time no I have the other one which I'm about to roll yeah dragon's already looking rough wow uh, that is 19, and my attack bonus is um, is 9, so that's 28. <coughs> holy shit. Uh, are you okay? Yeah. No, the, the holy shit was in response oh, to Ravnus. I thought Steve, it was. Steve was independent. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you pulled a Marisha Ray and just, like, broke your <laughs> Did hurt my back a little bit, which is still sore from shoveling snow. Uh, oh. <laughs> Um, eight and seven is fifteen, and then six psionic. Yeah, this this dragon 
not a fan. And, and like, as you're fighting it, you're pretty sure that like Marco's assessment of it being adolescent at best is probably accurate. Okay. It's still big and formidable, but it's it's definitely not fully grown by any measure. Right. All right, Lucky. Um, we've not long rested since the uh, snow owl bears, have we? Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah, you have. All right, then I'm gonna say, yeah. stand back, everybody. I know how to use this spell now. Uh, I'm casting animal friendship on the dragon. Oh God! Now, I don't think that one would work. I don't think that no. works. No, and I'm, I think, I'm sorry. I know how I to think, use. I it. mean, you can still. It worked yeah, on the owlbears. But yeah, <laughs> sicker. <laughs> now, I'd be so far to say is I'm pretty sure Luckbeak, unless you want him to not know, Luckbeak would probably know that wouldn't work mm. on this because it's not a beast. Mm. It looks like a beast. Uh, All right, fair. They're too smart for your tricks. I mean, Just cast friendship. I, Saker, know that they're too smart. <laughs> that's not the point of this spell. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is that it's been actively talking to you guys. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Luckbeak yeah. thinks you can talk to animals now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can just talk to animals very all possible. the time. He's the only one that's been hearing the dragon's answer. <laughs> <during this time. laughs> um, have I heard the dragon talk for a minute? I've probably not, huh? No. No. Okay. Uh, we are we are in round two yeah, of combat. Right. He's been talking for twelve Got it. seconds. <laughs> All right. Well then, I guess I'll shoot the dragon. Okay, that's much better. Natural twenty. Holy shit! Wow, we're getting really lucky this fight. Now, Nick, if I crit. With my sneak attack, do I reroll all those sneak attack dice too? All the dice, all the dice. Jesus, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, it's all all dice get rolled twice. Okay. And then you add all of your modifiers. So, ideal roll. Uh, thirty-eight damage. What? <laughs> <laughs> I shoot him real good. Luckbeak. How do you yeah. want to do this? Uh, <laughs> describe, describe, yeah, describe how you take out this dragon. Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that, uh, uh, I mean, he's like bearing down on Ravnus, and he's really trying to like take her out. Uh, and I pull out my pistol and I line him up in the sights, and my flippers are shaking the whole time, and I'm just trying to like get him maybe like in the neck or somewhere and then I take a breath and I steady myself and I think about Locke and then I pull up to his eye and I take the shot and uh, I think it hits exactly where it needs to hit yeah is there like a cartoonish like slow motion like you know yeah oh yeah just like silhouettes yeah yeah, actually, I shoot wide, but then I curl the gun at the last second, and the bullet <laughs> turns with the motion. Uh, it says, have a nice day on the yeah, side. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Luckbeak, you steady your breath. You can see it lingering in the air, and we almost see in slow motion, shaking hand, fall steady. And the camera focus shifts from the sight of your gun down the barrel to your eye, and then close up on you pulling the trigger. And we follow the bullet all the way to the dragon, who's recoiling its head backwards, very snake-like, its mouth open. You actually see mist and frost begin to gather in its mouth. And your bullet catches it perfectly just in the eye, traveling through its skull and out the back of its head. <laughs> nice. And that frost dissipates 
as the dragon lets out a loud shriek oh. that echoes around the structures, the city structures, and the cavern around. As it slumps backward, blood just pouring out of its eye, showering Ravnus and Ezerath and Rinzar and Roxana and painting the snow red as the dragon slumps over to the side still. And uh, I think in, in Flapwing's head, he's got this all like, this whole thing where, you know, he shoots the dragon and then he says this one-liner. And then as soon as he shoots the dragon and blood starts squirting everywhere and this dragon is screaming and the other people are like also yelling. Like he's like, ch- ch- chill. Yeah, chill out. Chill out. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't quite get the one-liner out. Like you weren't planning on the one-liner to be like the death shot. It was just like shoot it and one-liner yeah. and then you actually yeah. kill the thing. <laughs> You're as shocked as anyone. Right. <laughs> Yeah, as you guys stand there, take a moment, the heat from your breath and from your sweat and from this dragon rising into the air, you hear the echo of this dragon's death rattle, and then you hear a distant roar, and then another, um. and another, and Roxana's going to say, <laughs> we should go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Ravnus, like, jumped when the death rattle happened and now is, like, very hurriedly trying to trying to get the fuck out. Yeah. Ravnus, I think you it took you a second to even process what had happened. Yeah. Because you're, like, bracing yourself to, like, take the brunt of this dragon's breath weapon, and suddenly right. you're covered in its blood and it's dead. You glance back over your shoulder and see Luckbeak standing there stunned with smoke trailing off to the end of his gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think she looks very shaken by <laughs> all of that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Can Marco tell how long it's going to take for a dragon to show up? Um, you can't tell specifically, but you're willing to bet you do not have a lot of time. Not not enough to risk it. I'm, I'm just going to be like, all right, and then far step my way back to the other side. I mean, like, well, what were you considering doing? Harvest this dragon scales. Oh, yeah, you probably, yeah, probably do not have the time for that. Yeah, I didn't think so. That's why I was like, no, no, we're just, we're not even going to risk that bad boy. We're going. Yeah. We're checking out. Yeah. So you guys all begin going. Luckbeak, I feel like you're still standing there stunned as the rest of the group is like getting up to where you were and move past. And and Merrick is like, buddy, holy shit. What? Yeah. Hey, wow. I just, uh, I just, uh, you just slayed a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Slayed a dragon. That's right. Flapwing the Dragon Slayer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then there's another good. distant roar and look, Merrick goes, ah, we should, we should go. Yeah, let's, let's go, let's go. Yeah, like, we don't, you don't need to overdo yourself, Dragon Slayer. <laughs> uh, one and God. done. <laughs> how, how far away is this dragon from me? Uh, the, the next dragon, or the one you killed? The one I killed. Uh, it's, it's like 30, 40 feet. Oh, fuck it. I don't have the time. All right, never mind. I just wanted to take a little souvenir, yeah, but no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'll get it later. No one will ever believe no, you. No, <laughs> they absolutely won't. <laughs> All I could think about right now is Jurassic Park 2 of like mommy's very angry <laughs> and the bigger dragon starts showing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys rather clumsily get yourself all the way to the other side and the shelter therein, um, slipping and sliding your way, but nothing that deters you too terribly much. And uh, just as you get into this uh, chamber and start heading deeper within, you hear a loud thud. The entire structure basically shakes as something lands outside where you just were moments ago. And you hear a moaning roar 
of rage and sorrow. Yeah, mommy's very angry. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I think like luck or flapwing immediately like his elation fades to like oh fuck that was a kid <laughs> like uh, i feel kind of horrible that could have now. been willard oh, oh no! no don't fucking say that <laughs> how dare you i think like marco would probably like start grabbing people too as after that I was like come on <laughs> mom was gonna be angry and stronger yeah Rinzar is going to say, we should probably get deeper. And as soon as he says that, it's almost uh, punctuated by the sound of distant stone crumbling. It doesn't feel like it's this building, but it does seem like in the dragon's rage, it's beginning to just kind of like lay siege to the surrounding area. And you guys start heading deeper into it. And occasionally it feels like the dragon hit this building at some point and the whole building kind of shakes and rubble and dust falls. Oof. And you travel deeper until you get to a spot several levels down, kind of nestled against a drift of snow coming in from the outside, from a small opening close to the ground. And uh, Roxana will say, All right, this should be a safest place as any to get our bearings, I think. And Rinzar will nod in agreement. Okay. Whew. Um, well, we can't go outside anymore, right? That's done. Rinzar will nod and goes, yes. So, that being said, it might be prudent to rest as best we can for the rest of the evening. Because if we have to stay indoors normally, we might as well do it during the day. Well, then let's get camp set up. No time like the present. Roxana will start helping set up camp. Brohane will unload the supplies from Ira's ass. (laughs) 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 Smells like Merrick's feet. (laughs) It, it, It smells like Merrick now. (laughs) <laughs> which, which I imagine, like, Merrick smells like bologna. Like, just all yeah. the time. <laughs> A bologna and ketchup sandwich. Um, I think that Ravnus is going to try her best, because it's really cold, so she probably doesn't want to get herself, like, actually wet, but she's going to try to um, get as much blood and frozen viscera off her as possible, um, so that if they do see the other dragons, it's not like... There's one person very obviously covered in a lot of dragon blood. <laughs> Literally caught red everything. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's like she's about to. I was like, Ravnus, wait a second. Do you mind if I take some of that? Yeah, sure. If you if you can. And Marcos just starts kind of squeegeeing Ravnus to get as much blood as he can. <laughs> dragon's blood is pretty uh, He's like He's like rare. just squeezing her hair. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's a little tough because much of it is already frozen. Yeah, um, they get her by the fire, so she starts to melt. <laughs> melting blood. But I'll say, um, with the resources you have, you can collect one vial of dragon blood. All right, cool. Yeah, squeezing the hair is like, all right, Ravnus, arms out. <laughs> Keep those. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you can mark it as one vial of white dragon blood. All right. She hands Marco the bloody, like, pieces of fabric she's, like, cleaning herself off with. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. This will very much help my stores. You have no idea. Happy to help. Um, Marco, when you finish this, you hear a voice suddenly pop up next to you. Well, that was exciting. And the, the buzzing sound of the librarian drone that has continued to follow along through all of this excitement. God. Choice of words, certainly. Yes, exciting, exhilarating. Um, hello. Hello. 
in Marco's mind, he's just like, is there is there like a like personality like switch we can turn it down just a tad? <laughs> Silas will whisper into your head, uh, no, I don't think so. It says to Cyrus, just goes, is it, is it always at a 10 like this? Yes, basically. Um, I don't think you're intended to like use it as a constant companion. Um, they might have designed it this way to discourage that. Uh, that being said, it will accompany you and help you for as long as you need. Well, it's useful, so... So where are we? You have strayed a great distance off of the intended route. If there are any other destinations you would like me to add to your route, I can do so. Seemingly oblivious to the fact that the city is no longer in the state it was. <laughs> Who programmed sass into it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that very condescending... Recalculating. <laughs> <laughs> As we're halfway across the bridge, it tells me to take a right turn. <laughs> Make a U-turn. <laughs> Where are we currently? Like, wh what are we currently in? Like, what building? You are currently located in the border of the Grand Quadrivium and the Observatory District, near the Wardenist Observatory. Is there anything here that is kind of worthwhile to see? The most predominant feature of this area is the Wardenist Observatory, which is the home of the Church of the Twelve Wardens. How far away is that? That is located... And he'll, like, pull up the map again, and looks like it's only a couple hundred feet away. And then he says, Your destination is here. Placing a dot more southwest of where you are. Okay. Uh, for now, I'll keep unpacking. And a little bit later, I might go and wander and see if there's anything fun to look at. Sure. Luckbeak, is there anything in particular you're doing? I don't think so, besides for a spin out and do an existential crisis about having killed a child. <laughs> so no, besides for that, I'm fine. Was a baby. Mm -hmm. That child, quote unquote, that young dragon was still probably several hundred years old. <laughs> yeah. All right. A baby. A baby. I mean, equivalent years of like 18, but <laughs> <laughs> who's counting? All right. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not doing anything in specific. Okay. Sounds good. I mean, you can attune, you can attune your shit. Everybody oh, can attune their yeah, shit. Yeah, I suppose if that's they want. true. I'll do that. Okay. Good call. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, you take, uh, you take like an hour to focus on your rapier, um, that has the engravings of a set of dice in the pommel. And all right. You learn this is a gambler's blade. Ooh. So the way it works is initially you thought it was just a plus one rapier, but actually at the beginning of each day, you can decide if it is a plus one, plus two, or plus three sword. However, for whatever you choose, you take the corresponding penalty, negative one, negative two, or negative three on all death saving throws. Oh boy. Okay. Got you. And you can change the bonus you get each day at dawn. Okay. Death saves. Nice. And uh, I'm also going to send you a thing privately. Oh, okay. Ooh, okay, okay. Sexy. There you go. Toot toot. Okie dokie. Okay. So, uh, I mean, every uh, other people got magic stuff. Marco, did you want to? Oh, uh, yeah. Let me go ahead and attune this bad boy. Um, let's see. I got the ring. All right. I'll, it's I'll, the I'll cut up... Astromancy Archive and uh, also the staff. Both require attunement. Yeah. You cannot attune both of them at the same time. Yeah, I was thinking, um, I think I have three attunements already is the problem. Okay, so you'll have to make some decisions. 
Hold on, real quickly, let me look up one of them and see if that actually needs a two-man. I think I'm just holding three. Um, um, okay, no, I got I got a space open, so I will attune. Um, so you guys also got the Necklace of Adaptation. I forget who took that. Luckbeak. Okay, that does that also requires attunement. Yeah, I'm, I'm also attuning that if it's possible. Okay, if you have slot, if you have the space. I do. That would be okay. that, the Rapier, and the Stone of Luck. Got it. Because my quill doesn't require attunement, right? My magically writing no. quill? Yeah, I didn't think so. No. I got now like two like spell like taker upper thingies. So I just got like a shitload of spells. Now I can feel better about forgetting to give Marco loot in particular for a while. <laughs> and then. So I shared the shield. So Ravnus can attune to that if she likes. Yeah, I'm going through all my attuned stuff now. Mm -hmm. it, it's three slots that you have. Yeah. Or attunement, right? Yeah, three, three, three okay. total slots. So I don't have to attune to something. Nice. So I have a 21 AC now. Or no, 22. Jesus. So, Marco, you can also take a look at the wand if you want. Yeah, I will. I'm assuming Arcana check. Okay. Okay, that's a, that's a dirty 20. This is a failed experiment wand, and it definitely has charges of magic that you can expend a charge to cast a spell um you do not know what it'll do <laughs> um it does not require attunement merrick test subject bam <laughs> do you um I, not real no <laughs> no god no i would not just dare test random magic <laughs> are you sure <laughs> that <Matt> marco <laughs> listen not on a random test subject when for all i know i could just finger death someone <laughs> and this marriage just dead over there like what i had to know <laughs> uh yeah i will i will remember this keep him in mind put it in my back pocket for a uh if i'm in a tough situation i don't know what else to do i'll just bam and hopefully blow up a wall or and not like buff the dragon <laughs> obscenely right <laughs> after looking at that i'll probably just kind of uh sit by the fire and then maybe like wander off towards like the nearest thing that's looking that, that looks cool luckbeak also has his potion um whether or not you want to keep that a mystery or let marco look at it is up to you luckbeak oh uh yeah i mean there's no reason that i would keep it a mystery so i'll bring it over to marco um huh? hey marco i know you're not like an alchemist or anything but um any chance you know what this is I mean, alchemy wasn't my strong suit, but I'm no layman, oh, so let's okay. see. I'm assuming Arcana. Yeah. All right, I'm going to know more about this than I did the wand. It's a uh, 23. Wow. 23. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of swirl it around, and it's a, like, opaque yellow fluid that is streaked with black that kind of swirls on its own. You never seen one of these in person, but you remember seeing it described in a text that you've read in your studies. This is a potion of speed. A potion of speed. And you know that the drinker of this potion gains the effect of the haste spell for one minute, no concentration required. Okay, so I, uh, I swirl it around... I even I'll even pull out some of my notes that I'd have and like kind of flip through some pages really quickly and then I'd look and go, "Well, uh Flapwing, it looks like what you have here is a potion of speed and it should give you the abilities of haste for 1 minute without uh any negative repercussions like 
the need for concentration or anything to that effect. Oh. It could be a uh, quick one-minute speed of uh, adrenaline as you maybe start shooting off your guns. Okay. I can move my finger faster, I guess. That's... Uh, okay, cool. Wait, this is a potion of speed, and it potion of does speed. the haste? Why isn't it just called a potion of haste? That one I couldn't tell you. My guess would probably be just, uh, maybe our version of haste was probably called speed, um, in ancient Kratoria. Oh. On the Doar planet, it's called smack. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, of course. Um, uh, Anything else you need, I'll, I guess I'll be here. Okay, sounds good. Hey, I, I mean, uh, me too. Anything else you need? Can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this to be a one-sided relationship. I think Marco's going to, like, cock an eyebrow at that one and be like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, it's suddenly, like, it kind of surprises him. Like, I don't understand what you're actually asking me. Do, do <laughs> you... Hold on, I think I have some stuff in here that might need appraising. Um, I don't know if I'd be great at that. <laughs> well, then, well, what? It was just kind of a surprising offer of reciprocity. Well, yeah, I don't so know. I'm just kind just of like, uh, God, what am I good at? Oh no, I'm having another crisis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna go You're over there. You're good at killing dragons. No. says Merrick. <laughs> I guess, do you have any dragons that need killed? Oh, Actually. No. <laughs> There's like seven of them out there, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. As a matter, although I do hear that it is a good idea to talk about complex emotions with other people. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay at emotions. But what, what's okay. going on? Well, you can kind of give me a clue on what I've been feeling recently, because I'm very confused by okay. it. Okay. Um, well, so you know about Hannah, right? Yeah. Well, I tried to contact her using the sending spell. Okay. Um, and it failed. Okay. Uh, Nick, can I roll Arcana to see if I know yeah. what that means? Okay. Yeah. Um, plus three, 16. I mean, like, you're not 100% sure. If it wasn't for Marco's tone right now, you would probably be just like, well, can you, can you do better? Right. But <laughs> but uh, Marco definitely seems uh, sure. his tone. His tone is implying that it's it's I can catch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, well, does that does that definitely mean something bad? Well, the. The sending spell was originally discovered on Oerth in 1394 by the, um, who was it? Marco, I, I, it was I, don't, a, I don't need it was to know. Either a, it was a student of the legendary Mordenkaiden, and he cast it in multiple planes of existence, in which he actually contacted someone in Ravnica, an Izzet scholar named Jerry Vey. Marco, and it ended up Marco, working on that Marco. Case. It had a soft, <laughs> static sound to it, but he tried to cast it continuously, on a friend of his that passed away many years ago, and there was no static sound, the spell just failed. Oh, there was a so, point to the story, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, well, the other options is, is that we have on ourselves a magical impossibility, even what some might call a miracle, that the spell actually failed, 
and that Hannah is in fact alive somewhere in this vast universe. Or the spell has done its duty and Hannah is no longer among the living. Yeah. You see, Marco looks suddenly very sad. Hey, um, but this is, this is so rough. We're, we're going through something really difficult right now. So let's just for the moment not think about it. And I know that seems insincere or difficult, but like you're one of our best bets for getting out of here, right? We, we need you around. We need we need your, your smarts and your power. You know how to interact with all this stuff. You know the history. So I don't want to deprive you of your emotions right now, but let's get back aboard the Voidfarer and then maybe unpack this. And I would love to talk with you about it. But for the moment, let's let's try not to think about Hannah. Is that a lot to ask? Well, that's the problem, Luckbeak. That's why it's so confusing. Because logic would dictate just what you just said, that I should be doing that. Yeah. But, but I can't get her out of my mind. I keep thinking about, and I don't understand why. Well... Because, like, I mean, we were friends, but... I mean, I guess it's tragic because she was destined for so many great things, and what could have happened in the interim before I left, but... And you get what I'm saying, right? Marco... You, you, I mean, you, you're worried. I mean, there's, there's, you know what that is, right? I mean, she was your friend. Yeah. I mean, you're never, Marco, right now, this is so stupid. I met those owlbears for all of a couple hours, but I'm already thinking, you know, what if Ollie and Willard are fighting? Or, you know, what if Agnes went off and they're sad? And like, when you love something for a long time or a short time, you put a little bit of yourself into that thing, Marco, and that's a bit that you can't ever get back out of that thing. So until you get some closure, you're going to be worried because there's a piece of you that's always with her. Marco kind of nods for a moment and then like kind of snaps back to reality and says, okay, then we need to also discuss about my hallucination. Okay, yeah, this is different. What's this? So, <laughs> I saw, you know how I called my, my space hamper, hamster Tashi, correct? Yeah. By the way, on a side note, Nick, I would probably have left Tashi on the void fair after I noticed that it was below freezing. That's fair. We don't have to retcon anything. We forgot Tashi existed. <laughs> <laughs> I called my, ha- my space hamster Tashi after, you know, Tashi the owl, the familiar of Hannah. Oh. But I saw well, I saw a owl, a spectral owl, and that's what led me to Renzar's group. Okay. What? And I'm starting to wonder why I even saw that. Am I am I loose? Am I still just constantly thinking of Hannah that I'm now producing spectral owls? Wait, wait, wait. Did the owl look like Tashi? Um, I would describe it so. Yes, it was enough for me to at least go like, what the? I need to follow this. This could be Hannah. I mean. You know, we do, I mean, angels exist physically in this world. I mean, it's not outside of the realms of possibility. Well, yeah, that that's that's a concern, um, Marco. Tell you what, if you see something like that again, why don't you let one of us know just to confirm that it's real or not real? Because this is either 
a lot of stress that's happening to you, which seems like the likelier answer, or something way more strange, which, to be honest, I mean, with this crew, I truly wouldn't put beyond us. So, can you do that? I think Marco would nod, and I think you would notice that he starts to kind of tear up, and he just kind of gives you a hug. Oh, uh, I mean, Aww. yeah, Flapwing hugs back. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, do at first he's doing just like the pat, pat, there, there. But then he's like, as Marco's not letting him go, he gives him a tighter hug. Wholesome. So cute. He just says, thanks, buddy. Hey, it's, it's, it's not a problem, pal. And, uh, <laughs> I think Luckby, or Flapwing kind of walks away being like, wow, I think... I think he really won out on that trade. <laughs> All he did was identify a potion <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ravness. Ravness. As you're sitting there attuning to your shield, Rinzar is going to walk over to you. Uh, she looks at him. Do you have a second? Yeah, I guess I do. He kind of, while still standing, kind of crosses his ankles and immediately just like drops into like a, almost a meditative sitting position, crisscross applesauce. And he's going to kind of glance over at the other corner where Ezerath is kind of meditating, sitting in a similar position. It's not common to see a Gezerai and a Githyanki traveling together. Of course, both exist in the Pirates of Gith, but it's a little bit different. They generally forsake their past lineages and identify as the pirates that they are now, but admittedly, relations can be strenuous at times, as I'm sure you know. She was a stowaway. Yet you still travel together, and you fight well together, from what I've seen earlier. She's interested in, uh, I don't know, she thinks that there's a power or something that I might have, I don't know. He, he kind of squints his eyes and kind of examines you and like almost piercing you just trying to make heads or tails is he a githyanki or githzerai he's a githzerai okay but he doesn't seem hostile to you and hasn't since you've met him he was hostile to like the group when like his group of survivors was like basically not getting helped but he hasn't been hostile to you specifically mm -hmm. um not like ezerath was yeah in fact ezerath seemed a little hostile to him for some reason despite <laughs> them both being Gezerai. She's like that. <laughs> She's like that, yeah. <laughs> I take it your, he glances back over at Ezra, friend wasn't also a pirate of Gith. No. At least she's never said anything of the sort. I gathered as much from the way she regarded me. I think she knew that Githzerai would join the pirates at times, but never met one. It's possible. Is there a reason you're so curious? Yes. Why? He thinks about it and kind of examines you again, and he says, You've seemed to have good intentions, best I can tell. I understand your mistrust of those that have had dealings with your former captain that caution is not unwarranted when it comes to Blacketh's scowl and perhaps I should have had more when I dealt with them so what are you saying you're just naturally suspicious I have not been 
entirely truthful. It was true that I joined the crew of Yastrara the Remorseless, but it was not because I actually wished to join the Pirates of Gith. So then why? Because I hoped that I could recruit from the crew. For what? Have you heard of the Shasaku? I know it's a super secret Gith society thing. I'm trying to remember what. Back when we first started, I did read about this. Yeah. Um, it's up to you whether Ravnus would be familiar with them. It's perfectly reasonable that she would not. But it's also possible that she may have heard at least the name at some point. Yeah, okay, so well, yeah, we'll say that she sort of thinks what I do now, which is that she's sort of heard the name and she's trying to remember exactly what it is. And she says, um, I think I might know it's something, some sort of secret society or something. He'll smile. Not too secret, it seems. I guess not. <laughs> You're not entirely incorrect, though we're not secret because we want to be. Your people, the Githyanki, and the Githzerai both don't agree on many things, but they would agree that the Shasalku are radical traitors to both of their causes. In reality, we simply see that the threat to our existence is not each other, but is that of the Illithids, and it is only in our benefit that we work together to fight that true enemy. Wait, does he know what the... What was that, Tanner? <laughs> he said Illithids. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that was Tanner going like, Hey, this guy. That, that, <laughs> that, sorry, that was audience member. Okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> um... Tanner swoops into the scene. <laughs> Not Marco, Tanner. <laughs> no, nah, it's the Leonardo DiCaprio gift where I'm like, ah, ah. He points, now, point. Yeah. <laughs> um, she looks at him and, and she says, um... So you're trying to recruit me, or Ezerath, or both? Or both. Both is good. I'm not yet sure if your friend would be agreeable or not. If you have an opinion, I'd like to hear it. Um, she looks at Ezerath and she sort of shrugs. You'll have to ask her. Then perhaps I will. If my, I suppose, gauge of your character is correct. I think you would be a good fit. I already have a job. I don't think they conflict. You don't have to decide now. Then I won't. He'll stand. Think about it. I think we can be beneficial to both our causes. And he will walk away. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. 
He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names in contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to your favorite romance podcast, here to keep your heart aflame with only the most passionate stories of love. On this season's enticing edition, a queer cat and mouse story surrounded by romantic flowers and drenched attention. A gentle, sapphic tale of an impassioned art collective of lesbian snakes in a cozy den and a trial of animated attraction and nightly courtship to discover if love can truly be found in a dating sim. Warm up, snuggle in, and embrace romance on this season of Fables Around the Table, Candlelight. ProjectDerailed.com